Hello and welcome to Crossview Radio, weekly podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. Well, the TLDR today is ladies cover up because God said so. That's where we're going today. And if you did not listen to last week's podcast, I strongly encourage you to stop this one right now and go and listen to that one first. I took an entire episode to lay the groundwork for today's episode. There is in our culture certain cultural assumptions that have leached their way into our minds on this topic, and I wanted to address those things before we got into the nitty-gritty today. And so now we get into the nitty-gritty. We're talking about modesty, and the big shift today is that we are talking about this issue differently than we did 100 years ago. 100 years ago, modesty was a given. The only thing that you needed to discuss was what it looked like. That dress is modest, that dress isn't. Today, a big shift has taken taken place so that modesty is no longer a given, even inside the church. Not only are we disallowed to discuss the boundaries of modesty, we are disallowed to talk about modesty at all. One illustration of this is from Twitter, uh, an interaction that went viral about a year ago. Uh, Pastor Brian Sauvey posted the following. He said, Dear ladies, there is no reason whatsoever for you to post pictures of yourself in low-cut shirts, bikinis, bra, and underwear, or anything similar ever. Not to show your weight loss journey, not to show your newborn baby, not to document your birth story, your brother's. Now, only in a world where biblical truth is despised would a post like this go viral. There's absolutely, of course, nothing wrong with this post because it's 100% true. And it's basic. Ladies, cover up. Out of all of the reactions that he got, I have to read to you Beth Moore's reaction. And by the way, Beth Moore has left the reservation a long time ago, and I need to caution anyone from following her uh, at all, but she said this. She said, "Dude, there's no world. There is no world in which we ever want to see the word bra from you again. Mind your own unders." Now, Beth Moore here represents the modern evangelical disposition toward modesty to a T. The problem with her statement is that the Bible does not permit us to mind our own unders. Rather, the Bible exhorts us to modesty, which necessarily involves us pointing out this inconvenient truth. Is Beth Moore asking Brian to only preach the passages that she thinks should be addressed? Is she asking him to ignore certain passages? Is she asking him to skip over the passages in Scripture that address modesty? It certainly sounds that way. So let's begin here by kind of defining our terms, and I will take this definition from a, uh, a great little booklet, uh, maybe even short enough to call a pamphlet, uh, by Jeff Pollard called Christian Modesty. This is one of the books put out by Chapel Library. Uh, I encourage you to pick it up. I can't recall off the top of my head. I think it was free. Um, well, if, if not, it's just a couple of dollars, but it's a, a great little booklet. He, uh, he defines it this way and says, quote, Therefore, since modesty has several definitions, we will draw ours from the biblical material. Christian Modesty is the inner self-government rooted in a proper understanding of oneself before God, which outwardly displays itself in humility and purity from a genuine love for Jesus Christ, rather than in self-glorification or self-advertisement. Christian modesty, then, will not publicly expose itself in sinful nakedness, end quote. Modesty is, first, a disposition of the heart. It is a heart that is not ostentatious or showy or flamboyant. 
And this disposition of the heart manifests itself in several ways. One of those ways, as we've been talking about in this series, is dress. But it can also be manifested through speech. A boisterous individual is being immodest. Proverbs 9.13 says a woman of foolishness is boisterous, and that, of course, is an immodest woman. But for the sake of this series, we're sticking mainly to dress. And in light of this, I'm going to read to you the definition of modesty, or one of the definitions of modesty, from the Oxford English Dictionary. It says this, quote, of a woman's dress, seemly, not ostentatious, sober in color and style, especially so as to avoid the revealing of the figure of the wearer, occasionally also applied to men, end quote. So the OED understands even that this is normally something that you talk about in the context of women, as we saw uh, last week in some of the prerequisites. But the main thing to note here is that modesty means... Uh, that you avoid revealing the figure of the wearer. It is not sexually provocative. Now, this heart disposition, and and by the way, going back to last week's um, prerequisite, uh, one of the things that we saw was kind of this emphasis to say, well, it's, it's all in the heart, it's all in the heart, it's all in the heart, it's all in the heart. And yes, that is true. Actually, uh, let's adjust that. It starts in the heart, Okay. Um, but yes, it has to be in the heart. Uh, you can be modest on the outside, but not modest on the inside. Um, but if you are modest on the inside, you will be modest on the outside. Okay. Uh, this heart disposition has real effects in a woman's life. And just to reiterate this, let me give you uh, a couple of examples here. It would be foolish for a husband to say that he loves his wife, but never shows it. It would be foolish for a wife to say she respects her husband, but never shows it. A husband cannot beat his wife, but say that he loves her in his heart. You can't see my heart. You don't know what my heart is like. A husband cannot have an affair, but say that he is sexually pure in his heart. You haven't seen what my heart looks like. Neither can a woman dress provocatively and say that she's modest in her heart. Well, you can't see my heart. I, I, I'm dressed in modest on the outside, but my heart on the inside is, is modest. That's, what's wanted. That's what so many are wanting to say today. Your behavior will conform to your heart. And that's what scripture teaches, of course. Proverbs 20 and verse 11, even a child makes himself known by his acts, whether his conduct is pure and upright. Even a child, everyone makes themselves known by their behavior or their acts. Matthew seven eighteen, Jesus says, a healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor a diseased tree bear good fruit. Fruit is evidence of root. If the fruit is bad, then the root is bad. A modest heart will produce modest dress. An immodest heart will produce immodest dress. Therefore, a woman's dress is a window to her soul. And the more ostentatious a woman is on the outside, all the more likely she is to be more ostentatious on the inside. I'm going to keep this relatively simple. I'm not going to give you measurements or anything like that. I'm not going to say how many inches below the, uh, the neckline, above the neckline, the, the knee, below, above, all that kind of stuff. And this is where I said last time that I think maybe some will suggest that I, I, I'm not going far enough. But, but I'm, I'm not going to go into all that kind of stuff. I'm just going to say simply that you must cover yourself up. Just cover up. Not partially, but fully and you know the areas that I'm talking about. What if it were not as vague as the relativists and the postmodernists and the disgruntled deconstructionists would have us believe? What if it were self-evident? What if we took a rather, quote-unquote, risky position and said that the word modest actually means something? 
And we actually all kind of know what it means. It does mean something. Let's just read some of the passages in Scripture that address this and see if there is any lack of clarity. 1 Corinthians 12, 23. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And, on, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. 1 Corinthians 12, 23 teaches us that the more private the body part is, the more modesty is required, not less. Uh, it, it, it's not that we're getting as close. Okay, in this one spot, we're going to get as close as we possibly can. No, no, no. It's, it's saying there's more modesty required, not less in these areas, okay? 1 Timothy 2 and verse 9. Likewise, also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire, so on. Revelation 3.18, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white garments that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen. Proverbs 7.10-11, through 11, and behold, the woman meets him dressed as a prostitute, wily of heart. She is loud and wayward. Her feet do not stay at home. This one, this last one is particularly apropos. It connects her heart and her behavior. Um, she has an immodest heart. We see that here because she's wily of heart. That immodest heart produces certain effects in her behavior. One of them is that she has immodest dress. The immodest heart leads to immodest dress. We see that because she's dressed as a prostitute. And then that also leads to what we saw earlier with the tongue. She has an immodest mouth. She's loud and wayward. Um, and she's always, her feet do not stay at home. She's always on the run. She's always on the go. She can't settle down. She's, she's an immodest person all the way around. And we see that begins in the heart. It is often the case that these go together. An immodest heart expresses itself in immodest dress and a boisterous mouth. Immodest dress is any dress that reveals, highlights, or exposes the private parts. And modesty, uh, modest dress covers that up entirely. Some people will reason, sure, we can't expose all of it, but you never said we couldn't expose part of it. For a woman to expose her breasts in part or in whole, whether through a tight-fitting garment or through a low-cut top, is objectively sinful. After all, if modesty doesn't mean that you don't expose your breasts, what does it mean? For a woman to expose herself by wearing a bikini, a.k.a. underwear, is objectively sinful. This is why women become so enraged when you bring this up, because they know that immodesty is sin. You see, what you're doing is you're stirring up their conscience so that your voice now sounds like a megaphone. What comes out of your mouth at 50 decibels goes into hers at 100 decibels. This is because the conscience functions as an amplifier. It takes the signal and it makes it louder. This is why you have to say, hey, now calm down for a second. Relax. Can we talk about this with civility? Men would respond in the exact same way when you confront them about their porn use. They can't, though, because porn is still, though I don't think for long, a generally unacceptable sin. 
On the other hand, immodesty is the opposite. That is to say, a generally acceptable sin. Unless the trajectory that we're on is disrupted, there will be a day when men lash out in anger at you for calling their porn use sin, just like women today lash out in anger at you for calling their immodesty sin. Now, up until this point, I've addressed this issue from a thus saith the Lord perspective, and that always should be the dominant reason. But I do think that sometimes we have in Scripture secondary reasons, uh, that is to say, There's more than one good reason to engage in this kind of behavior. There's more than one good reason to save up your money. There's more than one good reason to speak with kindness toward your neighbor and so on and so forth. And so what I don't want to do is confuse those and to make the secondary the primary and the primary the secondary. I want to keep the primary the primary, meaning that all you need to know, why should I dress modestly? Because thus says the Lord. But I do want to give you a second reason. But in order to give you this second reason, I have to tell you something first before I tell you this second reason. And here's the thing that I want to tell you first. There is an art exhibit at the University of Kansas that is entitled, What Were You Wearing? The exhibit has numerous articles of clothing along with a brief story of uh, rape that occurred while a woman was wearing that article of clothing, okay? So sometimes, uh, to give you the the reason that they put this up, sometimes when a woman is sexually assaulted, after they report it, some people will say, well, what were you wearing? And the question is intended to see whether the person was wearing something provocative. And and the application, uh, of course, that this person is trying to draw out by asking this question is, you shouldn't dress immodestly, and then you wouldn't get assaulted. And the exhibit is designed to demolish that connection between immodest dress and sexual assault because many of the clothes featured here are just regular modest attire, okay? Or to to kind of take this illustration a little bit uh, closer to home, many Christians will exhort women not to dress immodestly because they will tempt their Christian brothers in Christ to stumble with lust-filled thoughts. And in both of these illustrations— um, the, the point is that people will conclude the way that a woman dresses is no excuse for a man to assault her or to lust over her. And to this, I would give a hearty amen. Uh, there is no excuse that a man ever has to engage in either of these kinds of behaviors, no matter what a woman is dressed like. And so I give that an amen. Now, a second conclusion that can be taken from this illustration, is that men will assault women who are dressed modestly, and men will lust after women who are dressed modestly. Okay, we know this. Men assault women who are modest and immodest. Men lust after women who are modest and immodest. But this is where things take a dark turn in the minds of these people. They will then conclude, therefore, a woman can dress however she wants. That's problematic. You see, women are tired of blaming their, uh, or they're tired of men blaming their lust on a woman's attire. And it is true, and we agree with the fact that a man ought to have enough self-control not to lust in any situation. But if a man ought to be responsible for his thoughts and behavior, then a woman certainly ought to be responsible for her dress and her behavior, unless we believe that unequal weights and measures is a good thing. 
Women don't really have an out here, and the reason is because the command to be modest is not connected to a man's temptation to lust. It is simply a declaration from God. In other words, when a woman says, why should I dress modestly? The answer is always, first and foremost, because God says so, period. Therefore, we conclude, men don't lust, women don't be immodest, they do not have to be mutually exclusive. We can affirm both. Now, this is where I get into our secondary motivation. It is not wrong to be motivated secondarily out of an abundant love for your brothers in Christ and to put off immodest dress and put on modest dress because you care for them. In fact, it is right to have that motivation. It is correct that men ought not lust, but why give them an occasion or an opportunity or a temptation. The Puritan Thomas Boston says this, that we may do nothing which may ensnare others, for whosoever lays the snare is partner in the sin that comes by it. He goes on to say this, for this cause modest apparel here is required, and a careful avoiding of all unseemly behavior, which may have a tendency to defile the minds of others, though we ourselves have no ill intention. Why is it that a woman, or that when a woman in a bikini or a, a woman in tight-fitting clothing or a woman with a low-cut top walks by two unbelieving men that the two men look at one another and exchange a knowing glance and a head nod. It's because they both know that there's something to see there. How is it that we cannot know that there's something to see there? Are we blind? The answer is that we do know. We all know. Now, I will leave the other conversations for another day. How much more do we cover up so that we're not getting too close and all those kinds of things? All I want to accomplish today is the basic truth that apparently needs to be recovered in our culture, and that is we simply just need to cover up. And we need this because we've forgotten about this command to be modest. So women, cover up. Because when you do this, you are modeling the gospel in a very unique way. In Revelation chapter 3, Jesus tells the church at Laodicea that they are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. But then he tells them that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen. Jesus covers the shame of his bride. Jesus covers the shame of her nakedness. Therefore, we ought to do the same. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us online at crossvieworville.com. 